Men, thanks for listening to our 920 Man Challenge podcast. These are Bible teachings that are meant to be discussed alongside other men in community at our Blankenbaker Man Challenge gathering, where we prioritize developing a competent and confident understanding of who Jesus is and authentic and intentional male relationships. We hope this teaching of God's Word grows your relationship with the Lord, and we urge you to unpack it in your relationship with others. Enjoy! Yeah, so if you've got a Bible, open to Ephesians 5. If you've got your phone, you can open that as well. We're going to jump right in there because um, there's, there's quite a bit, and I think the Lord will take us you know, out of that. Um, so I think there's different translations, and I kind of give this caveat. I'm reading from the CSB. Um, I don't think any translation of the Bible is necessarily better than the other unless you add crap at the end of it. <laughs> you know, I think that kind of messes stuff up. But like, so if you're reading NIV, man, rocket, ESV, rocket, like I, I change translations about every three to four years just because I get so used to flying over a verse because I've read it so much. And so when I change translations, it kind of trips me up and makes me slow down. And uh, so um, I did ESV for a long time, NIV before that. And so I'm in CSB right now. So, but the reason I, I like uh, the different translations is because most of the words that we read or a lot of the words that we read in the New Testament and Old Testament too, there's not really an English word that translates to what they're really meaning there. And so if you're in a setting where there's more, one, more than one translation, what that does is it gives you a fuller picture of what the author of that word, what the word he was using. Like it kind of is like, oh, it means this. Oh, it means this. Oh, it means this. Which one's right? Yes. It means all of those things. Um, and so I like that. So I'm in CSB, but don't, don't get too hung up if it's different. Let's, let, I'm going to read uh, five, chapter 5, verse 1 through 14, because old Mason tried to screw me up. That's where we are. Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children, and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, as a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. But sexual immorality and any impurity or greed should not even be heard of among you, and as is proper for the saints, obscene and foolish talking or accrued joking is not suitable, but rather giving thanks. For know that recognize this, every sexual, sexually immoral or impure or greedy person who is an idolater does not have an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So if you're like, okay, that doesn't mind say where are we at now, start with verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty arguments, for God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient because of these things. Therefore, do not become their partners, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, truth, testing what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is even shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. Everything is exposed by the light. Everything exposed by the light is made visible. For what makes, for, um, for what makes everything visible is light. Therefore it is said, get up sleeper and rise up from the dead and Christ will shine on you. All right, so let's jump right into verse 1. You know, therefore be imitators of God as dearly loved children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. Now, we have any classic country music fans in the house? Okay, those of us, congratulations on responding to the good news of the gospel. If you did not raise your hand, there's time for repentance. All right? 
Um, if you're a Florida Georgia Line guy, we need to pray afterwards. You need to come forward to the invitation. All right. So there, but there's a classic country singer named John Conley. You got any John Conley fans in the house? Praise God. All right. So we got some John Conley fans. He has this song called Rose Colored Glasses. And the whole, the whole gist of the song is that when you look through, and you may have heard that term because it's, it's used kind of more widely. But when you look through those rose colored glasses, it, it changes the dynamic of everything that you see. The context of that is more like that all you see is kind of the good and, and, and something like that. But the reality for verse 1 and verse 2 is what I, I hope that it becomes the lens that you're going to look at the rest of these verses, okay? That it literally like that you put those glasses on so that everything else that you look at that we're going to read in these next 14 verses and really and truly everything you study in Scripture and what you do as you interact in this world as a follower of Jesus or somebody who's maybe following Jesus or somebody who's really discontented with what you've been following and giving your life to, that this become a lens that you look through, that we are to be imitators of God as dearly loved children. That's the lens. The lens is not imitate the almighty perfect creator. The lens is as dearly loved children. And then he gives us a better context for that, which this is how we look at imitating God. We look at imitating God as Christ because the beautiful thing about Jesus, the beautiful thing about being a follower of Christ is what separates us from every other world religion is that we have an eternal um, a security, eternal salvation that we don't have to guess with. You know, we live on the South End. My, my wife is the director of the Hope Place and is by far um, the most, the talented one of us. The healthiest thing that's ever happened in our marriage is when I became Christy's husband and she was no longer Matt's wife. And so when we do that, though, it's a community development uh, organization that works primarily with refugees. And the conversation that we get to have with Muslims centers around the eternal security that we have in Christ. And they look at you like you're crazy because in their form of worship, they never know. Like it is, it is a constant, okay, I, I'm doing these things because I think this will please the God that I worship. Um, like their, their eternal security is never known by them. Like, they, it lists things to do, but like, if you, you think and you hope if you do those, that's what it leads to. What separates us is that not only did our God give us things that say, imitate me, he, he came in bodily form and literally walked out what it would look like for us to, for the, the perfect God of the, of the universe to be a human being as the example for us. So when it says be an imitator of God, it is done as a dearly loved child. And then if you struggle with that because your, your family of origin is jacked up like mine, then you get a chance to see what it would be. As Christ also loved us and gave up himself as a sacrificial and fragrant offering. So for us, the lens is of being an imitator of God is to do that as a dearly loved child. And how does a dearly loved child of God act? He gives himself sacrificially. So that, that, is, that, is, that is the lens that we look through. What does it look like? We, we are a dearly loved child. And listen, guys, I know one of the things I, I think I'm frustrated about church is when you come on Mother's Day, like they give flowers and tell you they're awesome. And when you come on Father's Day, they just try to kick you in the balls and tell you to get better. Have you noticed that? We give flowers and hug moms and his dad's like, show up and be present. 
Quit watching football. You know, that's all they say. And so, like, but the, the truth for us as guys is the majority of us, as we're, we're trying to be dads and we're trying to be husbands and we're trying to just be a good dude, if you're, if, if we're just trying to be a, 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 a healthy, functioning member of society, we do that with the tools that we have. And for a lot of us, where we grew up and how we grew up, we weren't really given the tools with how to love very well. I don't know about you, but love for me was centered around inappropriate things, and, and it, it just was not that was loving in a sacrificial give yourself way was not what was taught or modeled to me. So I love with the tools that I have. And the reality for us guys is you you really don't have a good context in how to love unless you have been loved. Because we will act out of our experiences. So that's what I, looking at verse 1 as the lens of being an imitator of God, and that means you're living as a dearly loved child that is trying to model sacrificial existence. That, that is a, a basis for you to grow in that. So I'm not coming at you saying love better. I'm saying, man, if you, if, if, like, there's a, a thing we talk about in recovery as people share their stories, and it's like, man, that's horrible. I, can, I, I don't see how you wouldn't have used something to escape the way that you felt constantly. Now, what are you going to do about it? Because I, I have no control over what abuse I experienced as a child. I have no control over what my upbringing was like. But I have 100% control over what my life looks forward from this point moving on. Like, I have 100% control in that. And, and understanding childhood trauma and all that stuff is a really buzzword right now. And I'm super passionate about helping people understand the why behind what you do besides just talking about the why that you do. But embracing childhood trauma is not an excuse for you to be a uh, not good, not nice guy. <laughs> I'm used to run, I run in worlds where you don't have to say those things. Like, that's uh, not an excuse. You don't get to say, man, my dad was mean, so I'm mean. That's bull crap. You don't get to use that as an opportunity to stay in the life that you are. So like if you have not been shown love, dig into the, the God who loves us as dearly loved children and get the tools so that you can love sacrificially because they are there. So you may not have had that, but you, you can get that, all right? And then he jumps into a list in verse 3 and 4. But sexual immorality and impurity or greed should not even be heard of among you as is proper among the saints. Obscene and foolish talking or crude joking is not suitable, but rather, um, and my voice cracked like a 12-year-old, but rather giving thanks. Okay, so we get into the list that Paul gives, and Paul gives lots of lists. Okay, and I, I want to I wanna set like a tone for the list that Paul gives and really is just a healthy way as you study Scripture. Because we, we have um, established a, a mindset of studying God's Word that I believe is just kind of backwards. Like we will read a verse and like the first question we seem to ask ourselves is, what does this say to you? All right, and that really should be question four. 
Question one is, how does this verse sit in the whole narrative of God? The, the second question is, how does this verse fit in the context of the, the testament that it is? New Testament or Old Testament? The third question is, how does this text, how does this statement apply to the specific audience that it was being written to? And then the fourth question we ask is, how does this land with you? So start with the whole thing instead of launching right there because I believe sometimes we take some of this stuff out of context because it was written to a specific audience who is really, really dealing with that and we take that as like it. And guys, you can't, we, I'm not going to get there yet. Verse 4, so it uses words like sexual immorality. And I, I, I looked at the Greek words of this. I'm not going to try to pronounce them because my accent adds syllables to every word and Greek does not go good with that. But the Greek word for sexual immorality Listen to this. and this, I, I did not know this word existed, and I'm super proud that I found it. And, but I cannot say the word without not picturing, I think Zach Gillifinakis made this word up. Because sexual immorality, the word means concubinage. Y'all don't think that's cool. Uh, concubinage. Like I didn't know that was like a state of being. You know what I mean? I knew what a concubine was. Right? A concubine is like multiple like sexual uh, uh, people. And, 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 and so like I think you, you can look at that and be like, well, I, I don't have like people like Solomon. You hear, the word, uh, you hear the word concubine with Solomon. And he had like a thousand women that he was with. And it was like, you know, it, that, that's what he did. And so we, we think, okay, maybe that wasn't it. But really the, the idea, the heart behind sexual immorality is that your uh, your natural innate given desire for sex is a you have let it run rampant, right? It, it has become the thing. You've just let that go out of control. So the sexual morality that he means is concubinage. The other, uh, the next word that he talks about in verse, verse three is is impurity, and that just means a lewdness of motive. So like the impurity is a lewdness of motive, that your motive is just off, and it's just your motive is just flat inappropriate, okay? And then the next word that he, that he uses in his list um, is greed um, or covetedness is, is, is a word that's used, that lives at a well. So greed and covetedness, the same thing. And the word covetous means that an, an advantage that one possesses over another. And then just an in, in, inordinate or like an inordinate desire for riches, Okay, is what he's pointing to in, in, in that part of the list. And then he gives us kind of an instruction. This should not even be heard of among you. In some of your translations, maybe this is not proper for his saints. This is not a proper thing. And what that means is it's just not fitting. Okay, Because what we're going to see, and I'm going to say this probably more than once, is the list that Paul is giving today, specifically in the first, in the first few verses and the one they're going to follow this, it is not a, a checklist. It is, a, it, is, it is meant to give a distinction. Okay, And so what he's saying is this, this is not fitting for you. This isn't, this isn't what we do, okay? And then he goes to obscenity, which is filthiness, crude joking, which is the word buffoonery. I enjoy that word a lot too, buffoonery. Um, there's some of you that run with your boys, and there's still a ton of buffoonery going on. And I don't know that's necessarily a bad thing. You know what I mean? Because I have some, there's, I, I will never not enjoy getting with my friends and blowing things up. It's not going to do it. Tannerite's the greatest invention apart from oxygen in this world. And if you don't like blowing stuff up, I don't, I don't know why. Like, so people would say that's buffoonery. I'm not, I'm not willing. I'm not giving that up. 
You know what I mean? And so, like, so the, 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 the word for he's using for crude joking is that word just means it's buffoonery. And then again, he gives us the, the peak to the, the um, distinction that should be there when he says this is out of place. It just doesn't pertain to us. Now, I don't know about you, but like when I read the lists from Paul, it is so easy for me to just land on the ones that I do not do. You do that? Like I look at them and I'm like, buffoonery, oh crap, that's me. You know what I mean? Um, but then I look at other words and I'm like, oh, it's not there. Like specifically in Galatians 5, in verse 19, he gives like a list of these things. It's pre-fruit of the Spirit talk, but he lists all these things. And legit, in 519, some of your translations will say rich, witchcraft, and the others will say sorcery. And I look at it and be like, jackpot, I never even mess with Dungeons and Dragons. So I'm good on those. <laughs> like, I don't have anything to do with them. Like, I will land on the list. And, and so really the reality for this is it's supposed to be a distinction. So know this right now. If you read these lists from Paul and you find affirmation in those lists, you're, 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 you're missing it. If you're reading these lists and you find condemnation in those lists, you're, you're missing it. Because that's not what Paul's lists were for. Paul's lists were never to affirm you. It was never to condemn you. And he, and he makes that very clear for us when he gets to the end of this. And he says, but rather, he doesn't say, but rather don't do those things. But rather, you're a bad person. But rather, if you don't do those, man, then you're really getting it done. He says, but rather give thanks. So our response to that list is not condemnation, boys, because there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. So if you read these lists and you feel condemnation, re-look at what you've experienced from Christ. Because the risen Christ forever drop-kicked condemnation. It's out, sweet chin music, out of the ropes, not there anymore. There is no condemnation for us. And then honestly, if you read lists like that and it puffs you up a little bit because you don't do any of them, man, recheck that. Because listen, there's a lot of pretty successful people who are good at not doing the don'ts who have nothing to do with walking with the risen Jesus. Like that, there's a lot of folks, I believe, that fill churches on Sundays that are, are glad that they look more like a rich young ruler than they look like Jesus. So if you read lists and you puff yourself up because this isn't something you struggle with, man, is that my phone? I thought Mason was telling me to be quiet. Or I was like, bro, that's crazy. I just started. <laughs> if you read those lists and it, and it pumps you up, man, you know, well, it's get off your high horse. Because you got some junk, boys. And, and, and you, you just better, you're good at hiding it. Or your junk is more socially acceptable. You can live your life being completely consumed with your own selfish desires, spending 100% of your money on yourself, and nobody's going to say anything about it. Get a little bit more too affectionate towards some you know, vodka in the evenings, and all of a sudden that, that, that's not acceptable. And the reality is neither one of those are best. Both of those, covetedness, greed, is listed in the same thing as sexual immorality. 
And we can say chasing tail is a really bad thing, but you can spend 100% of your money on yourself and, and, and do everything and, and never cross your mind, how can I bless and give back with thanksgiving to what God has given me and nobody's going to say anything. So listen, if you read a list and you feel affirmation, that's not what the intention of that was. If you read the list and you feel condemnation, that's not what the intention of the list are. The intention of the list is to form a basis for distinction. And that leads me to my first question that you're going to talk about. My question one is, what are your thoughts or feelings about this list? Like when you read that list, what do you think? What do you feel? Like, what's that make you like, man, I read that, like, golly, dude, I just, I, I, I suck at all those. What kind of piece of crap am I? Man, chew through that, because it's not true. Your response is giving thanks. That, man, I, boys, I found a better way. I'm giving thanks because I, I, don't, I don't have to live in that anymore. I'm giving thanks because I chased that down. And, and, and sexual conquest was something I was after, even either in my mind or with other, other you know, women in person. And, and I ran the gamut of that. It just didn't work. Or, or like, you know, I was so greedy and everything about me was getting more and more and more. And it, I felt so empty and, and, and useless at the end of that. And so the giving thanks in that is, man, I... Boys, I found a better way. And that's really the testimony of us as followers of Jesus, is we just say, I found a better way. Your way may work for you, man. That's none of my business. You got peace when you go to bed at night, man. Knock it out. I'm not here to tell anybody what they ought to do with their life. I have enough trouble doing what I ought to do with my life. But I will say, I found a better way. I ran them other things and it didn't work. And so that, that, that's the distinction that we get. But what, is that, what does that list give you? Does that list make you feel better about yourself? Or does that list make you feel like crap about yourself? Then check that, boys, because that's not, that's not the heart of them. All right, verses 5 through 7, he leans into more. For know and recognize that every sexual immoral person... Man, i got to hurry up. For sexually immoral person, even this... Um, recognizes every sexual, moral, or impure, or greedy person who is an idolater does not have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty arguments, for God's wrath is coming on the disobedient because of these things. Therefore, do not be their partners. So he continues in the same thing about like if your sexual desires are, are run rampant, you need, you need to, that's, that's, that should be a distinction. There's a better way to do this. If you're a um, uh, or you're impure or greedy, uh, if you are an idolater, like, and I know like idolatry is something that maybe gets talked about a little bit more, but the bottom line, if you, what, what, what gets the most of your time, what gets the most of your money, because that is what, that is what is, is the idol, the worship thing that you're worshiping. And so, but then I, I think it goes really cool, especially when I, I read a lot of Facebook posts, that it says, let no one deceive you with empty arguments for God's wrath is coming on the disobedient. So stupid arguments bring on the wrath of God like concubinage. Get that. I don't know, like that's something I don't understand. Like if you if you relate to anything above being a, res, a, a follower of the risen Jesus, you got to check that. If anything is relate with is more than that, you need to check that. That trumps everything. 
More than what you think the country should be like or, or more than what you think an ideology is better than other. And the reality for most of that is the, ideolo the ideologies that we live with are completely out of our experiences. And if you would really take the time to walk with somebody that has a different ideology, you'd figure out there's not much difference between you and the people that you feel the most vitriol for. They just, they just working out of what they was given. And you realize, oh man, we're the same dudes. I just feel like this is better. There's not a lot of separation in there. And foolish arguments bring on the wrath of God. We should have nothing to do with those. Therefore, do not become their partners. A partner just means like a, a, a joint uh, partaker of that. Like that we're partaking in this together. All right? Verses 8 through 13, he gets to the other kind of side of the list. And, and he starts to point again. And this is why I said the lists are about distinction in verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth, testing what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 11, do not participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. Everything that is exposed by the light is made visible. So like what, what he's doing is he's laying out that distinction of the two teams. And, and, and that's the truth, guys. That's, that's just the raw truth. That you cannot talk yourself out of. That you cannot barter. I don't know how good you are at selling stuff. Because some of you are really good at selling stuff. The reality is there's, there's two teams. Right? There, there's, there's team light and there's team darkness. And, and there's no way to, this, to uh, well, you know. But no, there's not. There, there's two of them. And that's it. And we once lived in darkness, but now you are light. But I love the way he says that because he doesn't point to what we do because what we do not is not necessarily who we are set b do you get that do your identity is not completely um, um um held captive by what you do because he says you were once darkness and now you are light and then he lists these things that like the children of light this should be present for us this is the distinction Okay, guys, so when you look at the, the, the distinction of the, these lists, what, what, what is the wake of your life? Okay, and the, and the wake is like we, my, my, my in-laws have a boat, and we go on the lake, and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of them, right? Like, if I'm in a boat, we need to be fishing, okay? Because, like, being in a boat, it's hot, and there's, the only water is brown, and you can't see the bottom in it. They go to Harrington Lake, and they're like jumping and swim. And I'm like, there is good uh, hyperbole that there might be catfish the size of cars in this lake. And they're like, the chances of it coming up and getting you if they're real is, is, is non-existent. But, but yet. <laughs> because it, I don't know about y'all, but how much do you hang with something that has you on the menu? Not much, I'm, I'm guessing. Now, even those who like to hunt, we kill deer, and they, you know, they're not out to get you. Or maybe squirrels. You know what I mean? And so, like, how much time do you spend with something that literally, if it took a notion, it's like, hey, there's something. Hey, it looks kind of like a shrimp cocktail. You know what I mean? So I just, I don't really enjoy the lake. But we were out on, on fourth of, I think, 4th of July weekend. My wife loves it. Like, she loves to just get hot 
and, and, and sit in the sun. But like we were out there on the, on the lake and, and you could, the, we, uh, my sons, my 17, my senior and my sophomore were on one of those, uh, those tubes, which is really fun too. We just drag you around in circles and try to throw you off in the water. It's awesome for them. So like, but you can tell, like really what we did was, because we were in a pontoon with not a very big motor, what we did was we waited for one of those big boats that have like seven different exhaust pipes that go off of it and like two Volcano 12s on the sides. And when it would fly by, it would create these like waves, the wake of that boat. And the, 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 the thing we did was we tried to bounce my kids on this thing across it. I'm dad of the year. We try to bounce my kids across this with a hope that it will knock them loose and they will go flying into the water. And, you know, you, you don't have to look at the kind of boat and really know that much about it. You can, you can tell how big it is. You can tell what it's made of. You can tell what it's capable of based on the wake that it leaves. And so what is the wake that your life is leaving? Man, there should be that distinction. And so my second question for you to chew with your group is, what areas of your life are darkness right now? It's man up, boys. And it's not about just confessing, so you, it, it, it's bigger than that. There's a freedom in there. You know, the, the woman at the well in John chapter 4 meets Jesus, and you know what she does? She runs back to her village and says, come meet a man that told me everything I ever did. And I don't know about you, but if I, my buddies that I grew up with, it's like, hey, I'm going to let them interview me before I talk? No. <laughs> I don't know that I want you to know everything I've ever done. But there was something about the way that Jesus talked about everything she'd ever done that removed the shame. And she just doesn't care anymore because she was held captive by that. So like man up time, what is darkness in your life? And if you're tempted right at the table to share your struggles in a past tense, don't. One of the things that, that um, I lived in active addiction to pain pills for a while, but really alcohol for, for 20 years of my adult, basically my whole adult life. And as a pastor, I wasn't allowed to struggle with that. Like, that's not okay. Like, I have the, the, the truth of Jesus. It's not okay. And one of the, one of the things that set that tone was, was specifically that you always hear people share struggles in past tense. And, or I, and, and they may be past tense, but you, you may be actively in that. You know what I mean? Instead of using the term, I, re recovery is a part of my story. It's like, boys, I, I said I didn't want to drink yesterday, and I still woke up this morning. I'm not really sure what I did. And, instead of saying, yeah, you know, man, I've kind of struggled with lust a little bit. Be like, no, I had the filters on my phone, and I found a way around it because I can download those apps, and I got one that's not on the cloud so they won't see it. And I don't want to do that anymore. Because it's not working. Because, guys, sin works till it don't. It works till it don't. You know, Kyle, he interviewed me on the stage, and it was, it's, it was cool. And I tell you, man, I tell the story of my church that five weeks after I launched the campus, I woke up in a detox area at the healing place. And when I got out five days later, the first text I saw on my phone was from your senior pastor that said, I love you, bro. We're going to figure this out. Grace really is enough. And they found a treatment place that I could go to as a pastor that is giving me a chance at a quality of life that I did not know was possible. But when Kyle was interviewing me, he was like talking about it. I'm trying to, you know, he just has, it, it, was, it was funny, but he was like, man, why did you, why did you do that? Why, why, did you, why did you drink vodka like that? I was like, because it worked. <laughs> you know, every time, pretty quick. 
now I found that it doesn't. And there's a better way. And I get to walk in that. I try to walk in that. I believe God delivered me, but it's my choices whether I walk in deliverance every day. I don't have any guarantees about what will go on tomorrow. I have this morning where I got up and I started trying to figure out what God wanted me to say. And I, I, my prayer was, God, give me the courage to cooperate with you today. And that's all I got. What areas are darkness in your life right now? Because there's no shame. Shame is never from God. Never. If you feel shame, it is not from God. Shame never showed up until after the first sin. Pre-sin, pre there was no shame. So if you feel shame, man, it ain't from God. And boys, listen, there was a lot of times when I had those close calls where somebody about found out that I was drinking too much, and when I didn't get called, I would be like, whew, man, that was a close one. Man, I'm sure glad I didn't call it. When the reality is I should have been like, uh, looking back at it now, I think, man, I wish I would have, I wish it would have blown off, uh, blown up then. Because listen, if you've got sin in your life and there's darkness in your life, if you're holding it in here to yourself, it's your responsibility to deal with. Once it's out here, this is Jesus's realm. And he said, it is finished. So if it's out, this is where Jesus gets his thing. And I'm not saying there's not consequences for the actions that we've chose to live in, but I'm saying don't sleep on how fast that Jesus can redeem all things if you will really just put it in his world. Let If it's in you, it's your responsibility. If it's out here, this is Jesus' playground when it comes to sin. And, and, and in 2 Corinthians 5, it doesn't say that he made, God made him who knew no sin to become sins, plural. He didn't make him. He didn't nail every little thing that we've ever done on there. It says sin. He made him who knew no sin to become sin. He, he's taken the stinger out of the bumblebee, boys. Sin is there, and it separates us from God. But listen, God's not freaking out about whatever you're struggling with as much as you are because it's already been dealt with. He's just like, boy, man. Will you let me help? Will you let me will you let me fix that? Because I can. What areas are darkness in your life right now? Mason, I need to shut up. How much time do I got? Give me three more minutes. I got three. Can I get three? I want you all to talk. Like, you know what I mean? Y'all need to talk in your groups. Listen, to, I just, I, that's, health is in that. But I do, I'm enjoying myself. Verse 14, I ain't gonna lie, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Verse 14, for what makes everything visible is light. Everything is exposed by the light. Man, and you know what happens? There's a lot of times, and I'll say this, man, the goodness of God in my life has been a, it's been a full-blown felony level assault. Man, because I spent 12 weeks in treatment. I waited five hours to get a 15-minute phone call with my children on Christmas Day. And that was probably my biggest fear. I didn't care about my job. Like, I can work. I'm not scared to work. I don't need, I don't, I, I can get it done. God was restoring my marriage. But, man, I had two teenage sons. That I desperately did not want to be an embarrassment to. 
And my therapist had prepped me for when I come home. Give them space to be pissed off because they're allowed to be. Give them space to be scared. And the goodness of God, the redemption of Jesus. When I walk through the front door, my middle son, who we, we love UFC, met me, hugged me, and they said, hey, there's fights on Saturday. Ma's not letting them buy them. Can you buy them and let's eat some wings? <laughs> There's the goodness of God. Everything that is exposed, man, is made light. The light exposes everything. And I think sometimes our children struggle because but we, we want light, we want dark. We want light, we want dark. And we put them in a strobe light. First time I saw, saw a strobe light was in seventh grade at a dance, a middle school dance in, in a cafeteria and they had a strobe light on it. It fascinated me because I could move my hand and it would like go away and come back and go away and come back and go away and come back. Gosh, man, so many, so many times our children have been living in a place where we strobe light them. Dark light, dark light, dark light, dark light, dark light. Man, just let them, let them, let them, be, let them see the light. Just be light. So, verse 14, for what makes everything visible is light. Therefore, it is said, get up, sleeper, and rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So, my third question for you to dig into your table is this. Is, there a, is your death to life story visible to others? Is your death to life story visible to others? And I, I, I don't. I'm, I, there's no more grace available to the alcoholic who hits his knees in the morning as to the person who grew up with a good mom and dad it is like I'm not I'm not hating on Kyle because like when I came home and we're, we're hanging out like riding down to a prison he was talking out around Easter and he's like I'm telling you about my ongoing recovery plan and what I'm doing every day because I just want to walk in deliverance and I said I go to three or four recovery meetings a week and he goes oh my gosh are we making you do that I'm like no, no, bro. Like I just, I don't want to do. I don't want to go back to that life. I'm not. I'm not. There's not a, a hating on the fact that if you were raised and you don't have this dramatic flip, there's a death to life story, because you are sinful, and there was a moment where your faith beca became your faith and not your mommy and daddy's faith, and he has done something powerful in your life, and, and your death to life story literally may be, like man, I I I, I was. Not, I did not think God could move in this, and he did. I really prayed for this, and God answered. So your death-to-life story doesn't have to be something dramatic, but is your death-to-life story visible to others? And then the next question is this, what if we asked them? What if we asked the people in your life that your death-to-life story was visible? Because listen, guys, listen, it, it is there, and I'll, I'll close with this. Like there is, a there is a new life. The distinction in this text is, again, not to bring condemnation or affirmation. It is literally just to show you like, hey, this is what it looks like over here. This is what it looks like over here. If you're struggling here, give thanks because there's a better way. And if you're over here more, give thanks because you found a better way. And if you are here this morning and you've been walking in darkness, if you have been dead... 
You don't have to bring anything to the table to barter with God to get him to move in your life. Because it takes two things to have a resurrection. Something dead and something powerful. That's all you got to have. So if you're here and you're dark and you feel dead, get ready because there's a power source. If you want something different, if you've ran that life out, please, please bring whatever faith, whatever doubt, whatever anger, whatever confusion that you have and lay it on the table. And I can say, watch the power source that brought me back to life. Because Jesus, the gospel, somebody smart said this, the gospel doesn't make bad things good. The gospel, the resurrection, Jesus, makes dead things alive. Now let's pray as you get to your groups. Father, I'm so... I'm so thankful for your word. I'm so thankful for a chance to study it. I'm so thankful for it being alive. And Father, I just pray that there's a move in our hearts this morning. And I pray, God, that we are, um, are going to respond to you and what you've been saying in our hearts for a long time. God, I don't celebrate the deliverance as much as I want to celebrate the deliverer. My story doesn't matter. Who you are matters. God, please bring dead things to life this morning if we need it. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's Bible teaching from Man Challenge at the Blankenbaker campus of Southeast Christian Church. For more information on how to get involved, reach out to us via the email address in our podcast description or find us on social media.